Did you ever wish that two strangers living across the country from each other could just talk about five things and one of the strangers could play a song? Well, this is the podcast for you. That's what I just made up. Okay, I like it. Okay. (laughs) I think you're winning over the hearts and minds of all of Canada. (laughs) We have listeners in Canada, eh? I would like to start off the podcast with... Fan mail. Fan mail. Fan fan mail. Okay. So this fan mail comes from Allison Garcia. The subject is Dear Ham. She says, Ham and Patrick, I'm so sorry that autocorrect makes your name Ham instead of Om, but I'm sort of into it. I want to let you know that I love the podcast and I listen to it every week. I think Patrick should cover Jolene by Dolly Parton. Thanks for the good times. Love, Allison in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, that's so sweet uh oh allison you're our one fan yeah you're our no no our number one fan number one you're our number one yeah, fan we have at least three or four fans okay uh sure, sure thank you for the lovely email and that will be my song for this podcast jolene by dolly parton so i'll play that later spoiler So last week, we were talking a little bit about uh, podcasts, and you'd mentioned that I was on a podcast called Ear Candy in New York City, which I think is a great podcast. Uh, Two really, really funny guys uh, shooting the shit with uh, really good musicians and everything. With really good musicians? Yeah, they they bring in good musicians. Like, but they had you on one. Whoa! Whoa! I think I'm... You just mean musicians. Why are you crushing my fragile spirit? (laughs) Stop. God damn it. I'm sorry, Patrick. Don't cry. Oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to subtly and quietly judge you and be angry for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) There's like a little gray cloud coming out of the top of your head. Yeah. You don't think I'm amazing? Uh, So... (laughs) Oh, I do. (laughs) So I was out in New York City... A year ago, because I'm just going to lay out the whole story as quick as I can to make this topic relevant. The topic that I would like to discuss is internet personas versus real life personas. So basically, uh, a little more than a year ago, I had been on Twitter for a few months and I'd started talking to this girl who lived not in America. Mm, Mysterious. It was no, it was just stupid. (laughs) It wasn't mysterious. It was just stupid. It was very stupid. We just started writing each other all the time and then Skyping each other all the time. And then we were like, we should meet. We should. Wait, what was her appeal to begin with? Uh, She just seemed to be witty and really smart and really uh, sophisticated and cultured and all that sort of stuff and liked really good things and would send me music and stuff like that. Did the fact that she lived outside of America, did that make her seem more exotic? Yes, but the the whole funny thing about this is that these situations, you can't just blame them. You know, okay, the situation did not end well, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. But you want to be like, or I would, I want to be like, yeah, it's all this other person's fault or this person's fault. But it's like, no, 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 this says so much about me uh, that, you know, where I was a year ago, I was just prone to being like, oh, yeah, I want to go meet a girl who's not from here in New York and... Because uh, I have a I have a big personality with a big imagination, and <laughs> that's one way to put it. And that's the whole thing is with this sort of stuff. 
you're like, what did you like about this girl? And all those things were true, but you still, I don't care if you're writing each other all the time, emailing, Skyping, it doesn't matter. You're still filling in the blanks. You still don't know what it's like to be in a room with this person. So I love about having friends in their 20s. They're still learning all of their big life lessons. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just, that this was a harsh one. And basically what happened is in the span of two months, we were ready to see each other. So we met each other in New York and long story short, it just really didn't go well. We just really didn't mesh and she was not who uh, her internet personality was. But okay, which of those things that you said, like she was smart and witty and she seemed really sophisticated, which of those things was she not when she arrived? She was, she's definitely smart, but she is, or, but that's a good example where she, she lied about her job. She said, oh, I work for this really interesting tech company uh, where I live and in this company we do this and this and this. And then when I met her, she was like, oh, uh, actually, I just work for my dad. He, yeah, I just work for my dad. I don't tell people that right away because they, they don't really get it. And but she did work at a tech company. It was just that she worked for her dad at a tech company. Is that right? Yeah, and she didn't do what I thought she did. Yeah, the more blanks there are, the more fantasy you can cram into them. <laughs> yeah, and just physically, she didn't, uh, yeah. I'm not saying she catfished me, but it just did not, she was not who she portrayed herself to be. She she wasn't hot. See, I think that all those other things would have been forgivable if she showed up hot. <laughs> you would have been over everything, every other thing. No, that's not true. Like because, the job thing wouldn't even matter. Because the truth is when you're with somebody, okay, this is just, I, I'm sure people listening to this are like, Patrick, you're a big idiot. Which, yes, you're right. I'm not going to refute you on that point, listener. I don't know. I got into it too quick. And then when we met, something that I didn't anticipate, in which you can't know about someone until you're with them for no, more than an hour in real life, is that she was mean. She just was not a very nice, gentle, kind soul that I kind of like hoped she would be. So How can you be mean to someone that you've just met? Usually people's mean streaks don't come out until later. Nope. She was mean right from the beginning. Just kind of cold and kind of harsh and do you think she was just as disappointed in you and so that was kind of coming out in her darkness it could have been uh because i'm not by any means trying to say i'm the shit or anything like that because <laughs> that's just so weird that she was mean right off the bat unless she just like unless she just met you and she's like this isn't what i was expecting <laughs> no it wasn't like that i will say by day three in new york city uh it was really cold and dreary and she's like Oh, you better get used to it if you want to move with me because she lived in the UK. Yeah. Why did she think you were going to move with her? Because that was what she wanted. That's so weird that she was mean to you, but she still wanted you to live with her. I don't want to make her seem like a horrible person or something because she's not. You know, it just was a really bad fit for both of us. You're just getting a snapshot into somebody's life. You know, I mean, the truth is I have no idea who she is after talking to her every day online for two months and then seeing her in person for those four days or whatever in the midst of, by the way, this comes back to the podcast because in the middle of the, uh, of those four days, her and I went to this podcast and the hosts of it who are great guys and I love them, but they were like obsessed with the story. So they were asking me all about it and I wasn't really sure, but I was kind of putting on a very, you know, enthusiastic face sort of. Well, They were thinking, they were going in on the assumption that everything was working out great between you two. Yeah. Even though you didn't say that, they just believed it automatically. 
But you can't say that if you're me because you're just getting into it and you're just feeling it out and you're like, what is, how do I really feel about this? And you can't be like, yeah, I'm not sure about this girl, guys. And she's like sitting across They should know that, though. They should always know that when you first meet somebody, you're just feeling it out. I'm not going to blame these guys. They were... I am. They are super... They made me very uncomfortable when I listened to that podcast. But I'm... But it's me. It's my fault. I'm the one who got into this really bad situation. That was me. That's not these guys. They're just like, what is he doing? All right, let's go with it. This is what it comes back to. I did this. This is my fault. And it was terrible. I was filled with a hot, terrible dread the entire time I was in New York a year ago. So Because you knew it wasn't going to work out and you had to tell her. And I did, yeah. And then at the end I did and it went really bad, really poorly. Really? Yeah, we were... (sighs) We were basically laying on the bed, and then I like her face was really close to mine, and then in my head I thought, this is just like Skype. And I was like, I miss Skype when I was at home talking to this mysterious girl who I thought was all these things, and then I couldn't hide my emotion, and I think like my eyes filled up, filled up with tears, and she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, uh, this is not going to last. This is done as soon as I go home. And she just got really mad, and she got... Uh, yeah, it just went really, really wow. I think she knew that I wasn't what she wanted to, but I mean, she was just... She was willing to force it like that stepsister into the glass slipper. Yeah, basically. Did you know that that was a reference to Cinderella? I don't know. I Yes, maybe. That's a girl's thing. You might not have heard of it. Yeah, again, I'm very heterosexual. I don't know feminine things. I basically have some advice because I know some of our listeners are from Twitter and just with the internet and everything, I think, yes, I was a bit, I wasn't, I'm not going to say I'm an idiot, but I was adventurous and my adventure turned out really poorly. But my advice to everybody is, first of all, don't do this. If you meet, (laughs) if you meet somebody charming online and everything, you have no idea who they are. You just don't, even if, even if they post a million selfies. I think they should do it because that gives them nice, juicy blog material. Oh, it's not worth it. It'll crush your spirit. Even you as an artist, it didn't, it wasn't like fuel for your artistic fire. I I guess so. It just, I mean, the truth is, is if, okay, if I'm going to analyze myself a year ago, if you're going to New York to meet this mysterious woman from halfway across the earth and, you know, it's like, what are you trying to get away from at home? Like, what are you, you know, I know that before me and her met, I was, you know, I was doing, I'm not like a heavy constant drinker, but like I was partying a lot. I was out a lot and everything. And then while I was talking when you're 28. Yeah, but I mean, while I was talking with her, it's like, I, I wouldn't go out, I wouldn't do this or that, and it's kind of like, she was my break from everything. And the funny thing, too, is the, the whole uh, online dating thing, the whole online romance, it's just this completely manageable, not real relationship. Yeah, that's like, right. We can talk from this hour to this hour and do this and this, and is you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, it exists inside of a crystal ball. Yeah, and it's just not real, you know? I, I don't think. And has it worked for some people? Absolutely. There's a lot of girlfriend-boyfriend situations from the tweet scene. Really? Yeah. But is it like LA people? Or is it like long yeah, distance? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, I think if it's a local thing, like people flirting online and they're both from LA, that's great. Do that for a week and then meet each other immediately. And then you get that out of your system. You get that a little impression of who they are, maybe... 
their humor, maybe their uh, taste in books and music and movies and everything like that, and then fucking meet them. Like, see what they look like, see what they are like to the waiter at the restaurant, like who they are, what their personality is. Because if not, you're just, ah, it's just, it's not going to end well. I I think uh, 99 out of 100 times, it's not going to be good. That's my opinion. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. Don't do what I've done, everybody. (laughs) I mean, it's a good story, kind of. It's just more sad. It's like, and I'm trying not to make her seem like a horrible person. She isn't. And because she took a bigger risk than me. She flew to a different country, you know? Yeah, I could. Well, I guess I can see why she's mad then, because she's like, I spent all this money to buy a boyfriend from America. So I want to talk about thievery. When I was in eighth grade, I got in uh, for a graduation present. I got a Swatch watch. And these were kind of a big deal back then. Do you know what they are? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Kind of. (laughs) They're just these plastic watches. But the cool thing about them is that they're usually like see through. So you can kind of see the the gears inside. And that's not something that excites an adult at all. But when you're <laughs> like 13, it seems really awesome. And they were kind of a status symbol at the time. So oh, I got this graduation gift is, you know, they're kind of expensive. I don't know how much they are. But um, I was I was really in love with it. I would kind of stare into the little gears while I was bored, like at church or something, because it's before, you know, this is before smartphones could save us from our from our own inner thoughts. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, so I was just really enamored with this watch. And so like a couple months later, I start high school and the first semester of my freshman year, I take an art class and I'm happy to see, I think it's like the first class of, of high school. So I'm happy to see this girl that I went to junior high with and we're not like best friends, but I'm happy to see her in there. And I sit next to her at her table and her name is Chelsea. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, we had to work with clay. This is a class where you had to work with clay a lot. I took my beloved Swatch watch off and just stuck it into the desk cubby. It was one of those kind of like elementary school kind of desks where there's like a little slot underneath the surface. So I just stuffed it in there. Seemed like a safe place to leave it at the time. And we're putting away the clay and class is over. Guess what? You guessed it. The watch is missing. And I ask around, ask everybody at the table, hey, have you seen it? Did I drop it? What happened? You know, I told the teacher, hey, I'm missing a watch. If somebody turns something in, no one's seen it. Uh, And I get a lot of heat from my parents because, you know, they bought it for me and it was kind of expensive. And and I had a reputation already as as being kind of an irresponsible child. (laughs) Like I couldn't take care of my nice things. And so I got a lot of heat over this. Um... Um, but then, so like, imagine my dismay when at the end of the year, um, you know, it's kind of close to, you know, it's like the last semester I see my watch on the wrist of no, none other than Chelsea Adkins, my friend from junior high that I thought was my friend of the Adkins diet. Yeah. (gasps) She invented it. That bitch. I know. Oh Lord. So I see this, I see the watch and I'm like, um, Hey, where did you get that watch? And she's like, Oh, Oh, my sister got it for me. I'm like, Oh really? Because I had one just like that, that I lost in this class. And she's like, Oh no, it's just the same model. I just got the same model as you had. 
<laughs> and so basically, she's not only a thief, but she's also a liar. Oh. And I'm like, you know, I'm not upset about this to this day, even though I'm sounding like I am. I'm kind of like reliving the moment. But the thing is, this this woman is still around. She still lives in Bakersfield, and there are people that still know her and still talk about her. And whenever her name comes up, I the first thing I ever think about is that's the girl who stole my watch. Like, you know, you can forgive all you want, but that really kind of taints your reputation. Well, I have a thievery story. Uh, so when I was when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I had a bunch of money on my desk because I was saving up for a paintball gun because I thought that was cool back then. That was the big thing to do is a paintball gun. And uh, that would it, get you hella eighth grade pussy. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just mean girlfriends. I don't mean like actual I know. Like, body yeah. part. Yeah. That'll totally get you your hand held, bud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get in there. Okay. So my so I had some friends over and out of these friends, it was one of my best friends and another guy. And the other guy was like kind of a shady dude, and he never lost that reputation of being a shady guy. Uh, what was shady about him? He just he was just sort of weird. Like he didn't really fit in. Like, did he uh, have like a tiny mustache? No, I think that came later. But he, <laughs> I we feel were all like in youth everybody group with a and... tiny mustache gets a reputation as a shady character. <laughs> well, we were all in youth group together, a very Christian, Christiany youth groupy youth group, and. Uh, it was pretty well known early on that he smoked pot and he just, I don't know, he just had this whole reputation. And so, uh, I come to find after him and my really good friend left my room that my, that $20 out of the hundred was missing. And Mm. so somebody stole it. And so we were all like, no, or I was in my mind, I was like, no question. It's the shady kid. And, uh, we went on a Christian youth trip and the, the kid was sitting like alone in a row of seats on, on the train where we were going somewhere, I think it was San Francisco, and my friends all rallied to my side, and they're like, give him his money back, give him his money back, and then everybody started to to do this little chant, and it was, dang, and the chant was, let Pat eat, let Pat eat, because, <laughs> because he stole my food, and or he stole my money, supposedly, and blah, 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 like I couldn't eat because I didn't have any money, uh, so that was really funny, and I forgot all about it, and then I graduated high school and I was going to college and one of my best friends, he, he just gives me $40 and he's like, here's interest for that uh, $20 I stole. He what? fucking did it. Yeah. And this guy is like the most wholesome, good hearted, just kind person I've ever met. And he did for no reason. When he was 14, he stole $20. See, from me. I always think that when somebody steals something and there's not an underlying reason, such as they have a problem with you. So they're maybe mad at you or they're like extremely, they feel needy, whether they're needy or not. They feel like they need something. Yeah. The the just opportunistic stealing from a very good friend makes no sense to me. He was a, he was a pastor's kid, you know, so he was like a little bit wild and everything like that, but not like, not like do drugs and steal stuff wild. He just, I think he was just maybe messing with me and he didn't know how to get out of it and so he told me years later uh so funny he's like he won an emmy for his video editing skills like he's just very successful and well put together and this the shady guy never grew out of that reputation like he 
like right now he's in a very bad way that little that little tiny mustache just gives people (laughs) a bad look exactly yeah if your if your facial hair is not grown in then you are a threat to people (laughs) that's the truth Sorry to be all cliche, but folks, when this podcast comes out, it's going to be Valentine's Day week. Love week. Sex week. So let's Oh my god. Let's get down and dirty and talk about Valentine's Day. And I also want to bring it up a little bit because I met a lady and it's going pretty well. But yeah, I want to talk about Valentine's Day and cuz it's so interesting like I'm actually looking forward to it this year, but I think last year when I was, uh, or after this thing ended with that girl in New York who was from another country, uh, I was all sad and I was like, I just want to get kind of drunk and play some laser tag the night of February 14th. <laughs> and I didn't do it, but that's what I wanted to do. That was last year? That was last year. And this year I'm Aww. like, I have a girlfriend. Like I legitimately have a very nice, sweet girlfriend. And I'm like, what nice things could I do for her? That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And but I'm up for the task because I'm a motivated seller of love. Don't tell me you're just gonna dance for her. No, I'm not gonna. Da- I I mean that's that'll come later. I mean it's gonna be the build up to that, obviously. Yeah, but that's not the gift. No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, but I guess there's kind of like a few different camps with Valentine's Day. There's, you know, somebody that in your life you're excited about, and that's a good camp to be in. Or you're single and you just think it's bullshit and it's just kind of not for you. It just reminds you that you're single. Or there's just kind of like that third camp where you're just kind of like, yeah, there's a person in my life and I have to do this and this is bullshit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Those are the only three options? I think so. I think the third camp... What if you're single and you're not sad about it and you just don't have to do anything and it doesn't matter? Well, I guess I mean that's the first camp where you're like, either it reminds you that you're single and you're miserable or you don't care. It's like, this is not for me. Like me and Sex in the City. I'm just like, I don't even know. (laughs) Is that a thing? I'm not even sure what it is. You know it's a thing. I know it's a thing about uh, purses and shopping and, uh, (laughs) I don't know, relationships and... I don't know. There's there's high heels involved. We don't know. Maybe uh, that's the shopping. I've never part. seen it either. So just because I have two X chromosomes doesn't mean that I watch that show. Yeah, good just for you. Just FYI. So um, you're saying those are the okay. So those are the three options that you can be. And which so you're in the one right now where you get to be happy that you're with someone and you get to do something. Yeah, where there's um, a very cute, sweet girl, and I'm excited to, you know, try to make her happier. You know, try to really make her day, basically. And you know you're going to succeed, or, or is there a chance that you might fail? I think she's the kind of she's like she's the kind of person where she's like literally make me anything and that'll make me really happy. Easy to please. Yeah. She wouldn't be with you if she wasn't. Oh, what, is, what are you trying to say about me? <laughs> okay, that was a little passive aggressive jab. That I'll gladly accept because I'm rough around the edges. I know All podcast <laughs> listeners know that. I'm not a perfect person. Uh, I've made a lot of mistakes, like New York and sharding in my pants. Uh, <laughs> but God knows that I try, you know? Okay, you don't need to give a speech every time I make a jab at you. Okay, I'm just insecure. This is, this is something that you do, you realize. You make the same speech every time I make fun of you. Yeah, and I'm insecure, and that insecurity is, insecurity is mounting. Just <laughs> turning into a mountain of insecurity in my heart. Anyway, 
So that's, yeah, that was kind of my spiel about that. But uh, I was wondering if you had any notably good or bad Valentine's Day stories. Oh, I have a story. Um, so back in junior high, I was pretty unpopular. And they had at my school, this is another story from like a similar era. Uh, at my school, they had this carnation sale thing. It was like a fundraiser where you could order carnations in advance and actually um, set, have them delivered to, you know, different classmates. So you could say, all right, I have seven best friends. I'm going to send a carnation to each one of them. So it'll be Julie, Melissa, you know, like, <laughs> or you could, you know, if you're going with someone, you send it to your girlfriend or boyfriend. And I knew that I would have neither. I wouldn't have a best friend carnation and I wouldn't have a girlfriend boyfriend carnation. So what I did was I ordered one for myself and I had it delivered <gasps> to me because oh. I didn't want to be the only kid in class that didn't have one. <laughs> oh. So you know who's really wowed me on Valentine's Day? Moi. You know what though? I think that's just sort of an analogy for life. You can't Good for you. You took life by the reins and you just, and you did it. I think that's great. Uh, no, the, it's, it was really sad. It is sad. Thanks for but, being but, positive. But you know what I mean? Ultimately, you know, I'm excited about this girl and she's great and I really am crazy about her and that's awesome. But ultimately, uh, I, I'm the one that's responsible for my own happiness. You know, that's what I'm right. That's what I'm taking from that story that you told. And also one one last quick story that we had these things uh, in high school. So this wasn't even junior high. This was high school. I'm just trying to match your sad story. And there was this girl named, what was her last name? Sarah, Sarah, I forget. doesn't matter. Sarah. Doesn't and matter. Doesn't matter. She's not going to listen to this. I have no idea where she is. She was always the artsy girl in high school. And I was like kind of geeky youth group kid. And she just, yeah. She just was not impressed by me in any way. But anyway. You liked her? I didn't like her. I thought she was really cute. And they basically our school sold these like compatibility tests. Oh, for, yes. Yeah. For, for, for Valentine's Day in uh -huh. high school. And it said me and her had like a 96% or something. Wow. And she told me, she's she like came up to me and I was like, and I thought she was cute. I didn't have a huge crush on her, but I was definitely like, I would like to kiss you. And in my head. And she's like, this is bullshit. Me and you would never, ever be compatible, ever. I think she, like, <laughs> ripped it up. And I was like, oh, God. Okay, so um, I have a lot of art books. I went to art school, and there was a lot of pressure to have a lot of art books. So I have... You know, my shelves are kind of full of them. The point of having an art book is to be inspired by the work. You know, you look at it, you get ideas, you, you know, you, you start, it gets your brain churning and your creativity juices start to flow. But when I look at an art book, all I do is feel shitty that I'm not as talented as the people featured in the book. Really? Yeah, I know you're not supposed to compare yourself to people that are, you know, that are successful or whatever. But, like, do you ever get caught in that kind of trap where you're comparing yourself to people that you shouldn't be? I Definitely. I think that's something that I've worked on kind of as a musician over the years just because 
we've worked our band has worked so so for so many years for just basically so little <laughs> success and notoriety i mean we've had some but not like i don't know we've you had you don't have what you deserve yet i don't know well i mean we'll see i i think that's such a broad vague uh thing but you know to d- determine success does that mean financially does that mean your pitchforks number one album of the year i mean yeah as far as like art and uh music and everything you could work for years and years and years and just never get anywhere and you can become like with our podcast that's true although our pa- our podcast i have very high hopes for it did you did you hear what allison said earlier today in our yeah podcast? thanks allison thanks allison what a good lady you know what we're I mean? in week 12 now yeah, but we've been we've got a few emails and I think people tune in every week. It's not a ton, but they do. Okay. So they're getting something out of this exchange here. I just want to be as popular as Flashbulb Fire someday. Oh, well, well you don't have very far to go cuz nobody <laughs> knows who we are. Uh, but anyway, I I think it's easy to get into the jealousy thing sometimes. Well, I I think there's the kind of jealousy where you know somebody and even if you like them, like they're on your, you know, they're like a colleague of yours and you're like, they're like, they're getting this or they're doing this or they're playing yeah. this thing. Like they're not that good that. or whatever, which is bullshit. Like, just don't, I think that's if like, when I feel that I'm like, oh, I'm not even being very professional. Yeah. You want to be realistic and everything and you don't have to be fake, but you know, you just got to be supportive. And that's that attitude, that bitterness is not going to get you anywhere. And then there's the kind of jealousy where you're like, that where I do have this sometimes like. Uh, I just heard that song Dark Water by uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. Have you heard that song? I don't think so, but I know that band. Ah, and it's, I guess it's not jealousy. It's more of like, damn, like, well done, man. Like, that is just a beautiful, really, really well-made song. And then it makes me ask, okay, like, am I capable of that? Can I put something like that, that together? Uh, and I guess it's, for me, I'm trying to make it more of a positive thing, like, oh, cool, I'm so glad, like, music exists. I'm so glad uh, I'm not the only one trying to do this and this guy's killing it. You know what I mean? I find that my body gives me, um, like, black hot shame over a lot of things that it shouldn't. You're looking through an art art book and then you feel kind of, like, like, jealousy or something and then you feel really bad? It's not jealousy. It's, like, shame. It's, like, uh, I feel like shit because I'm just, like, I'll never be able to make anything cool i don't want to be like a shitty person but every time i look at him i just feel that off that hot awfulness yeah i think every time you feel like that you should try to make something not to live up to that but just you know as a reminder of you should be making things yeah you know i guess you're right yep i am i always am this has been pep talk thursday All right, so my last thing, I know it, I know this is not going to be very relevant because this podcast comes out a week after we record it, uh, and I'm assuming, I don't know, maybe some of you guys like sports, I don't know. Sports are not particularly my thing, but I want to talk about, because I live in Denver, Colorado, just how terrible not only I felt after our team lost the Super Bowl in that horrific game, but just how terrible our whole city felt. Uh <laughs> And it's so interesting because it is immature where you're like, oh, it's just a game and everything like that. But like my band, for instance, like they're they're true Broncos fans. 
<clears throat> whether we go to the Super Bowl or not, they've loved them since they've been <clears throat> since they were little kids and everything like that. Uh, but it's so interesting because they were they were devastated, and I ex- and I expected that. But I was really sad too. I was. Oh, just, did you feel like you lost? I did. I felt like because if that team somehow, in a weird way, <laughs> represents like my city, and this just to see us get like battered like that, just embarrassed, it was uh, kind of humiliating. Even though it's like I don't care. Like I don't have any stake in this game. Like this team doesn't re- represent me whatsoever uh but i guess i don't know when when so many people you love and care about care about this thing then you care about the thing you know right yeah swept up in the magic uh i went to my brother's house and i live tweeted uh how i felt about the ads and the ads were so funny just god awful there was a scientology ad and it was like really what if you could combine religion and science and then i wrote uh, nah, I'm good. I'm going to actually combine tortilla <laughs> chips and guacamole because those <laughs> things are compatible. <laughs> and I, I feel bad to even bring it up, but it's made such a negative impact on our city and me personally. And it's funny because I don't give a shit about sports. I don't How care. How has it affected your psyche? It made me very sad the next day. It made me feel slightly hopeless, kind of like I'm in this like aimless world where like, I can't win. Uh, <laughs> and my band, they're still just fucking devastated over it. And I'm not making fun of them. Like, they're being dumb. Because they're not. They're just, they're true fans. I think you should write some music about it, about how it made you feel. I didn't write a, the day after, I didn't write a song about that because I didn't care. But it put me in a mood where I was able to write this this pretty somber song. So, that was kind of cool. Thanks, about. Broncos. Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks, Peyton. Um uh, I don't know. It's weird. I don't care about sports, but I do apparently, I guess. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a sportsman. Thank you Allison for the great song suggestion. Uh I'm going to play Jolene by Dolly Parton. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Please don't take him just because you can. Your beauty is beyond compare with flaming locks of auburn hair, with ivory skin and eyes of emerald green. Your smile is like a breath of spring. To stop like submarine, and I cannot compete with you, Jolene. Talks about you in his sleep. There's nothing I can do to keep from crying when he calls your name, Jolene. And I can easily understand how you can easily take my man, but you don't know what. Choice of men, but I could never love again. He's the 
Thanks, y'all, for the great times. This has been Five Things in a Song, and I'm Patrick McGuire. I'm Om76. Please like us on Facebook. More of you have been doing that. We appreciate it. Thank you. Keep keep it up. If you have a thing that we should talk about or a song I should sing, please email us at fivethingsinasong at gmail.com and leave us a nice review if you like us on iTunes. Thanks, guys. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.